It's Christmas. Yeah. You know, the birth of Jesus has inspired uh, more music than any other event in history. You know, from Beethoven to Bing to George Frederick Handel to Nat King Cole, Johann Sebastian Bach to Michael Bublé, you know. There, there is a lot of Christmas music out there. The one they just sang, I, I love that one. Another one of my favorites is I'll Be Home for Christmas. And so turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor your favorite Christmas song. Go ahead, don't be bashful. <laughs> you might be embarrassed about what it is, but tell them anyway. <laughs> I remember uh, years ago, uh, Thanksgiving, we always watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade while we're getting dinner, and the grandkids, they, uh, they're in there watching, and the song Santa Baby was the song, and uh, it, it was on one of the floats. It's, I'll just say this, it's a terrible song, it's materialistic, it's uh, very greed-oriented, but it, it's kind of a... What's wrong with Christmas sometimes? Uh, but it's a really, really catchy song. And I look over and one of my grandkids is singing and dancing a little bit like the young man here this morning. Just just pure joy, you know. And so he realizes, my grandson realizes that uh, I, I'm watching him and he just stops and, and he shrugs his shoulders at me and he's like, it's Christmas, Grandpa, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which of my grandkids protect his dignity or whatever, but, uh, you know, Christmas is a time of celebration. You know, we've been uh, looking at some of the sights and sounds of Christmas, and today I'm focusing on the question, do you hear what I hear? And we're going to look at one of the first songs that was inspired by the birth of Jesus. It's a, a prayer it's poetry, and it's Mary's song. You know, it's a, it contains some of the most profound words that have ever been written. It's a song by a young girl. She's, she's probably 14 or 15 at the time. And I think, unfortunately, the, the sh- just the insight that she has and the wisdom of her words kind of goes unnoticed. You know, people just kind of read over it uh, when, when they're looking at it. And so today, my, my hope and prayer is that you will hear Mary's song and you'll internalize it and that maybe it'll become your song too. You know, for Mary, these are not just words that she sings, not just some melody that she knows. But this song is a song she lived. And so we're going to pick up our story. The angel Gabriel has just appeared to her. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the living God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Initially, I believe when the angel appeared to Mary and gives her this news, I don't think initially it was good news for her. I mean, she was engaged, but she was not married at that point. 
which meant that she was going to be an unwed, pregnant teenage girl in that society. And so when, when she heard that news, I think initially there would have been fear. She would have been overwhelmed, confused maybe. And you have to remember that in this culture in that day, an unwed, pregnant young girl, well, that was not good news. I think she also realized in that moment that Joseph could have rejected her, that he could have broke off the engagement. In fact, according to the Torah, uh, the Jewish uh, religious laws of that day, she actually could have been stoned. And so uh, a woman who's pregnant before marriage, I think, faced so many uncertainties in in just what are we going to do? And I also think she would have been the subject of a lot of rumors, ugly gossip, speculation. You have to remember, Nazareth, it's a small town. And so this news about Mary being, being pregnant, it would have traveled fast. And my guess, it would have been very loose, what was said. And I mean, that's the way of small towns. How many of you grew up in a small town? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know everything pretty fast. You may not know the facts, but you got some, some of the sense of what's happening. Mary, she's, she's carrying the Messiah, the King of Kings. And if that had been known, there would have been danger from other kings, leaders, they, the fact is, rivals for the throne in that day, they were dealt with very harshly. And if you know the story, you know that's exactly what happened. I mean, King Herod, he finds out from the wise men, and he finds out that another king's been born, and he orders the execution of all the children two years old and younger in that entire region because of fear of another king. Mary and Joseph run. They go into exile. They're living in Egypt. They're, they're fugitives. They're refugees. Mary and Joseph would suffer for Jesus before Jesus would suffer for them. See, do you hear what I hear? You know, when Mary finds out that she's pregnant, that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, I think it had to be confusing. Like, what? You know, the uncertainty, the, the fear, the, the, the scrutiny that she would have been under. And yet this young girl, she magnifies God in that moment. She completely surrenders. She trusts God fully. I mean, listen to her response here. It says that Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your words. Then the angel departed from her. Mary, Mary's the first person to sing a song about Jesus' birth. First Christmas song. The, the song, it, it's sometimes called the Magnificent. It's Latin for my soul magnifies the Lord. And the fact is everybody's soul magnifies something. You know, to magnify something means to give something a large 
place in, in your life and in your heart. Your, your mind's drawn to it. Your desires are impacted by it. Your, your values, they're formed by it. Your identity, it, it's all tied up in it. You know, your, your joy, your unhappiness are determined whether you have more or less of whatever it is. Everybody, everybody here magnifies something in your life. And I wonder, what is it? What, what do you magnify? You know, an alcoholic uh, magnifies the bottle. A workaholic, well, they magnify success in their life. Worriers, well, they magnify the problems. Some people magnify money, sex, approval. Some magnify security in their life or power. We all magnify something. Mary, she magnifies the Lord. I mean, do you hear what I hear? You know, listen to this. This is her song. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he's shown strength in his arms. He has scattered the proud with the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Do you hear what I hear? This song, it has dozens of allusions to Old Testament scripture, which, which meant that Mary had an extraordinary knowledge of the Torah, of Hebrew scripture, what we would call the Old Testament. I mean, in those days, they, they didn't have a Bible like we do today. The only way you could even hear scripture was at the synagogue, and they might have a scroll or two at the synagogue. Most scholars, when they've looked at the archaeology and the, the, what they know about Mary, they believe that she memorized most of the Psalms, if not all of them. She immersed her mind in the word of God. And the coming of Jesus, I mean, it's magnificent. It's, it's the biggest news in history of the world. And I think, how do, how do you prepare for that? I mean, how do you prepare for that moment? It's greater than anything anyone could imagine. It's bigger than any problem that's out there, any fear that someone might have. And the first one to realize the magnitude of the event was a young teenage girl. She realized history is going to be redefined in that moment. You know, in that day, the most important person in the world was the emperor of Rome. 
It was Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was the most powerful person on the planet. Caesar Augustus, if you know your history, he was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, who Julius Caesar was declared divine at a point. Caesar Augustus became known as the son of the divine one. You know, on ancient coins, you'll see a phrase that's on there, son of God. Every coin with Caesar Augustus' face, son of God. Caesar Augustus took the throne. He put an end to all the battles with other countries, the civil war within the country, and he became known as the bringer of peace, the people's savior, Pax Romana. It was brought by Caesar Augustus. And his reign, it was declared the good news of Rome. There's a common uh, Roman inscription that Mary would have saw it when she was a young child. It, It was all over Rome. And it said this, by sending Augustus as savior for us and our descendants, to make war to cease and to create order everywhere, the birthday of the god Augustus was the beginning for the world of the good news that has come to men through him. Tuck that back in your brain for a little bit. I mean, do you hear what I hear there? You know, there there are four expressions that jump out at me here. You know, they're ascribed to... Caesar Augustus, Savior, Son of God, bringer of peace, and that his reign was the good news, all right? That's why the historian Luke, you know, Luke very carefully records the words uh, that the angel shared with the shepherds that very first Christmas. He says this, he says, do not be afraid for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. The angel says, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And then we kind of have like an exclamation point in the the story. these, These are words fitting of a king And it says, and suddenly there was with the angels and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. It is absolutely no accident that the very precise same language is being used, that that the system is going to be overthrown and a way of life is going to be challenged by Jesus You know, rulers and values are going to be redefined upon the birth of Jesus. Because, why? Because the real Son of God, the real Savior, the real Prince of Peace is coming. And friends, that's the good news. That's the good news. You know, after the the shepherds hear this news, we we know they immediately headed to, to Bethlehem. 
It says, so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. See, do you hear what I hear? You know, Luke, Luke he, he makes a point. He, he writes the account. He, he's very careful here because he's making a point, a distinction between the people that were amazed at what the shepherds said and Mary who treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. All the years I've read the story, and I'll be honest, I used to think that Mary was kind of reflecting on what had happened, you know. She's kind of making a scrapbook in her head, you know, maybe drinking some hot cocoa. It's like a Hallmark moment, you know. She's just taking it in. That is not the idea here. And in fact, if you look at the Greek language here, he uses very technical language. It's language as if uh, describing the work of a prophet at this point. You know, a prophet would seek God maybe for days, weeks, months, whatever. And when God finally made something clear to the prophet, the prophet would announce to the people and say, here's what God's doing. And then the the prophet would call for the people to respond in obedience to whatever it was. Mary, upon hearing what the shepherds said, she she declares her trust in God. You know, when when Gabriel first told her and informed her that she's going to have a child, even though she didn't understand, she was probably a little confused, She said, let it be in accordance with your word. She fully surrenders to the moment. But when the shepherds show up and they share what the angels have said, Mary realizes what God's up to. Mary begins to understand who Jesus is and what he's going to do and what's coming. And so Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And I wonder, this Christmas, what are you you pondering these days? I mean, what what is your mind and heart immersed in? It's Christmas. Do you hear what I hear? You know, Mary's song, it is far more than just a little religious song. It's far more than some simple words of of harmless devotion. It's more than that. Mary's song, it's revolutionary. In fact, it's going to shake up the world. You know, Mary lived in a world where Caesar, Caesar Augustus, He forced people to bend a knee, to bow down, to bow down to Rome, 
Herod the Great? He was the king of the district? Well, Herod became great because he taxed the poor families. Families like Mary's. And many people were not happy. There's a lot of political unrest. Mary, in her song, she uses language of protest. She says, we'll look at it again here. He has shown strength in his arms. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought low the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's he's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. I mean, these are songs that regimes do not want to hear. In fact, 1980, Guatemala, they banned Mary's song from being read in the public. Why would they do that? Well, because they deemed that it was politically subversive. Think about that. Something sang by a teenage girl almost 2,000 years ago. In 1980, they go, oh, can't do that. Words were considered too powerful. An entire government, you know, forbid the reading because they were afraid of the effect it would have on oppressed people. You know, Jesus, he he would grow up, and one day he'd defy Herod. He'd defy Pilate, the Sanhedrin. He defied appealing to Caesar. They said, there's a greater power. Who do you think tells Jesus that there's a God who brings down human authority? It's Mary. It's Mary who magnified God. You know, do you magnify God in your life? Do you you magnify him? Because when you do, you begin to see how big God is, how great, how powerful, how good, how holy God is. And friends, when you, when you comprehend that, it changes you. It changes your outlook. It changes the way you live. Because when you, when you glorify God and magnify him, well, your problems look different. Your fears get smaller. Your worries get smaller. Your relational problems begin to shrink. Friends, even death loses its sting in the face of God. Friends, when you magnify God, it changes everything. How many of you like to sing? I love to sing. All right? I love to sing. Now, I'm not good at it, but I still love it. And when I get in the car... If I'm by myself, I'm usually singing, you know, and I'll just sing and sing and sing. Every once in a while I pull up to the light, you know where this is going, right? (laughs) 
And I'm singing, and then I realize the person next to me is watching. And it's an awkward. It's awkward. Every time it happens, you think you go, well, if you quit singing, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. But I'll turn and look, and then my first thought is always, oh, thank goodness they're not from Faith Fellowship. You know. <laughs> it just is. It just is. Every Sunday when my, when my grandkids would be down, they'd be down about once a month, and uh, they'd stay for the weekend. And, but Dason, when, when they were young, Dason would always stay and wait for me after church. He wanted to ride home with me. And so he would hang around, and then we'd go out to the car. As soon as we got in the car, he would always go, Grandpa, are we going to sing? We're going to sing, right? Aren't we? And we'd listen to Christmas music or Christmas Christian music that he loved. And I'd put it on. He'd go, no, not that one. He'd pick a different one. And we'd get it going. He'd go, turn it up. Turn it up, Grandpa. You know, he had his favorites. And we would sing our hearts out all the way home. And I remember him asking me one time, he said, Grandpa, do you think you're going to get too old to sing at some point? And I was like, well, I'm not planning on it. <laughs> and I'll never forget. He goes, he goes, well, Grandpa, you may get too old, but I'll always sing, Grandpa. Yeah, and I hope he always does. I hope he sings when life is great. And I hope he sings when the weight of the world is on his shoulders. I I hope that he never, ever, ever forgets how to sing and how to praise God and worship God no matter what. See, it's what Mary did. She sang in those moments. It was a song that she would sing her entire life. And I think God was pleased with her singing. I think God knew that Mary would sing those songs and that his son would hear those songs. And I am sure that that Mary sang to Jesus when he was a baby and a young child. In fact, I even think she may have sang to him when he was a young adult. And I think she sang the Magnificat. She may have sang it differently. She may have changed the words somewhat. But that song, it came from what she treasured, what she pondered in the deepest recesses of her soul. See, I'm sure that Mary told Jesus the stories over and over. I'm sure she told him about how Gabriel had told her that she's going to have a child. And I think she told him how confused and scared she was, that she thought it was impossible. But she told him what the angel said. Gabriel said, nothing's impossible with God. See, I think she told Jesus about the, 
how she had thought about what had happened and that she knew it was going to be really difficult to do, but that she embraced it and was obedient to God. See, do, do you hear what I hear? You know, Luke, Luke says, Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your words. I imagine when Mary told Jesus the story and she told him about the song she sang, I pictured Jesus quietly listening. Jesus knew what she had gone through, what they'd gone through as a family. I wonder how many times Mary told Jesus, it's okay, son. God is always faithful, no matter what. Jesus, if God ever asks you to do something hard, just remember what I said when I was a scared young girl. Let it be with me according to your words. Jesus, always trust God. God would ask Jesus to do difficult things. I mean, years later, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's facing the reality of the cross. And God would ask him to take on the sins of the world. He'd ask him to die on a cross to save the world. And Jesus, he prays words that resemble Mary's song, I think. He says, not my will, but your will be done. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if in that moment when Jesus said those words that he remembered his mom singing the song. He'd heard it so many times. Let it be with me according to your will. Mom, I'm singing your song. I'm going to magnify God too. Friends, God wants your whole heart, not part of it, all of it. And I will tell you that when you give God your whole heart, it is a life worth living. And it's a song worth singing. You know, for unto us, a child is born. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Friends, it's why we sing. It's why we celebrate. And I, I do not know what God is asking of you. But the question is, are you willing to respond and say, here I am. I'm your servant, Lord. Let it be with me according to your words. Whatever it is, I'll be faithful, Lord. I'll be obedient. God, I will magnify you with my life. Whatever.
I did not know about you. But me? That's the song I want to sing with my life. That's the song that's worth singing. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, I pray that heaven and earth sings, that we remember. God, help us to magnify you with all that we say and do. Bring glory to your name. God, may that spirit, uh, that first Christmas, that we just capture some of that. Realize the wonder and the power and the what was at stake. The world would be changed in that moment. God, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. There is no name greater. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we give you praise this day. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. There'll be prayer teams down down front to pray with you if you need prayer. Let's stand up. We're going to celebrate. And so you can't sit still. The, The young man that was dancing up here, that's a good thing. I hope he has that his whole life. So we're going to celebrate.